Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How's everyone this fine day? It's Monday. It's draft week. Gotta love that. A couple days right around the corner here. We got the big news coming, or big action coming, Thursday night. I'll be at the Steeler facility for three days doing broadcasts there. I'll be talking to you guys as much as possible, absolutely possible, analyzing picks. Friday we'll have a big show for sure. Probably do one Saturday, probably one Sunday. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. It's a good question, actually. Yeah, think about it. my draft schedule for you guys. Um, today, I went around the internet and, and I just found some news and notes we haven't discussed. Some of them are draft rumors. Some of them are fits with teams. I'm at Williamson NFL. I'm at Williamson Football. I urge you to check out both. Great deal. Um, let's go through a few things here. Um, it sat, well, the, the headline is Ravens are out on Des Bryant. They did get Willie Sneed. It's kind of an underwhelming move. I mean, I would, I thought Des was a nice fit there. Um, certainly should not exclude them from going wide receiver, maybe Ridley in the first round. I think that's a distinct possibility, but Sneed to me is, yeah, you know. Um, the Raiders exercise Amari Cooper's option year. No surprise there. Steelers exercise, um, uh, Chargers do with Gordon. Steelers do with Dupree. I don't know if that was an easy one with, with Dupree. He really has not excelled as a pass rusher. And if you, you checked out the latest pod, what I did with the NFL draft guys, I was the Steelers GM. We talked a little bit of Dupree there. Um, but he'll probably be, if he's going to come back, he'll probably be a little bit overpriced, but at least he's a a guy you can live with, so to speak. I mean, he's, if he doesn't get any better, and there is a chance he gets better. I mean, the Melvin Gordon signing, that was an easy one, or 50-year option was an easy one. Um, so, you know, those aren't huge little nuggets, huge nuggets for y'all, but there's something. Uh, what else do I got for you guys here? There's a couple other little... There's a handful of tidbits I'm going to get to for sure. Uh, same with Amari Cooper. That one also is really not all that newsworthy. Um, what else do we got here? Landon Collins still isn't quite healthy. Forearm situation. Not a lot of great news coming out of there. But I do want to talk Giants with you guys in a little bit. Hopefully... It's just a forearm. I mean, I know it's just a forearm. It's, for me, it's not. I'm not Landon Collins with a forearm that won't heal. And Byron Jones, that's the one I was looking for. Byron Jones is a also picked up his fifth year option, which I think was an easy one too. I mean, I think he's their best secondary player. Uh, I think there's a real good chance that he moves to corner this year, and especially if they can land Earl Thomas, which I think is a not a pipe dream. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see Earl Thomas in Dallas, and I've heard some good sources saying that that still could happen. Um, therefore, Jones the corner, and that would really get you better in two spots. I mean, now you're talking if you could do that for the Cowboys. I like that a lot. For news, I'm pulling up a handful of different sources, just things I've read across the net the last couple days or that I want to reinforce. You know, Gronk and Brady both will not be at minicamp. I mean... That's a big deal. I mean, it absolutely is. I'm not getting too excited about that, though. I'm not looking into that any further than than just they're going to rest and they'll be okay. And 
I don't think there's a lot of smoke here or, or a lot of fire here with any of that smoke. But I do think both are slightly malcontent, maybe. You know, I mean, not thrilled with the situation. Um, but I also think that the Patriots are going to make a lot of picks to, to, to basically win now. You know, I mean, I, I do think that's in the cards, not trading up for Rosen or somebody like that. Uh, other 50-year options that were picked up, these aren't even worth noting, really. Winston and Mariota, obviously. I mean, uh, that's not shocking at all. Um, I mentioned the Saints lost Willie Sneed. They also brought in Cameron Meredith. I love the Meredith pickup. And they also re-signed Coleman, another big receiver, Brandon Coleman. I think Meredith goes right past Coleman. I think Meredith will be sort of their little more athletic version of Marcus Colston. Big slot, has some physicality to him, but can also go outside. Um, I do think they absolutely need a tight end, but these bringing back those two receivers lessens that need to find the next Jimmy Graham, too. So I like those. I like a lot of things the Saints are doing, to be very honest with you. Um, who are some other things I want to talk about here? Oh, yeah, this one's noteworthy, too. The Niners have restructured Joe Staley's contract. And the reason that's noteworthy is it pretty much assures them that Staley's going to be back this year and next. And he's still pretty good. I mean, I thought he played quite well last year. So that leaves Trent Brown on the right side. I think you're pretty well set at tackle. You know, that lessens that need. Maybe you wait a year to draft the Staley um, successor. So that's a that's it's more noteworthy than I think. You know, people just kind of brush that one off. Um, C.J. Anderson was released. That's something we haven't talked about. I bet he gets picked up soon. Miami had a lot of interest in him. I would think right after the draft, a team or two that gets shut out in the top running backs turns to C.J. Anderson, and maybe he's even one of those type of guys that gets signed during the draft. You know, like Michelle Chubb, all those guys start falling, and a team like Miami just calls up C.J. Anderson in the third round and says, let's lock it up. Um, big conversation last night. James Harrison retired on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Is he a Hall of Famer? I really think no. Um, I also got in the discussion, how does he compare to the other Steeler great outside linebackers? And the names that were thrown out were Kevin Green, Lloyd, Gildon, Porter, Harrison. Like, Woodley's not in that in that stratosphere to me. And initially I said that list should go Green, Lloyd, Harrison, Porter, Gildon. But you guys on Twitter, and the more I thought about it, I put Harrison at the top. I think Green had the best career, and he's in the Hall of Fame, and I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer, to be honest, no offense. And I don't think Harrison is a Hall of Famer, um, but I think that he was at his best, the best of those Steeler outside linebackers, if that makes sense. So, I guess that's a big deal. Um, another signing was Eric Kendricks, and this was noteworthy, too, because he... I just did my, for those of you who haven't checked it out, definitely check out williamsonfootball.com. Today's state of the franchise was the Vikings. And they gave Kendricks five years, 50 million. And the more I delved into him and the team and all those good things, the more I thought, this guy's one of the better linebackers in the league. I mean, really is one of the best line, best true second level players in all of football. So, 
Um, it doesn't get that kind but the more homework I did on Kendricks, the more I thought, yeah, he is one of the best linebackers in the league and deserves all that money. And that's not going to be something that gets a lot of pub, but that's a big deal. All right. All right. All right. So another little nugget that I found on the internet was a friend of mine, Tom McShay. I worked with him for 10 years and we did the senior bowl together and he knows his stuff and he's pretty dialed in. That's for sure. Uh, he released something on ESPN today, just kind of his news and notes. And I matched him with some other things I was listening to. Um, he really thinks it is down to Allen and Darnold. My feeling, what I've been told for that first overall pick, my feeling, what I've been told is I think it's going to end up being Darnold. And then at two, I really think that's going to end up being Barkley. So I think the top three picks will go and I feel pretty firmly about this now, Darnold, Barkley, Baker Mayfield. And there is some talk about Mayfield versus Rosen for the Jets. There's some talk about what if Darnold falls to three. I think if he falls to three, the Jets would jump on him. But I think Baker is their guy, and I think they'll end up getting him. Of course, a team like the Bills could, could absolutely try to swoop in I don't know that they would give enough to get to two, but and I don't know who they'd even take. I would guess they would take Allen or maybe Rosen, but I think they'd take Allen. Um, but I think that when it's all said and done, I bet these three stand put, and it goes Darnold, Barkley, who they probably think is the best player in the draft, Baker Mayfield. Therefore, the Browns, and I'm not actually, I kind of just got off of Todd's thing. <laughs> I'm just kind of talking on my own here. The Browns then, I think, would run to the podium and take Chubb at four. And if by chance he were gone, I think they would take Barkley. But I don't think that's really the greatest move. I, I've called it a couple times that if Chubb's off the board at four, they become kind of the first team in draft no man's land. Um, and they could field offers, especially for quarterbacks. Buffalo could get in there. But I think if they would make the pick, it'll be Chubb over Barkley, but if they have to take a pick at four and Chubb is gone, it would be Barkley. I'm also hearing from a pretty good source that Denver and Quentin Nelson is a very, very good possibility. I like that a lot. Um, the Colts at six basically could be that type of team that fields a lot of offers. There probably will be a quarterback sitting there that somebody will want. Again, Buffalo. Or they take the best non-quarterback available. And my hunch is if Barkley, Nelson, Chubb are all gone, then somebody's going to want that pick that wants a quarterback. Otherwise, I think the Colts stand, put, stand pat and take Roquan Smith. Um, another pick, and there's, I guess I want to do this, that there's a couple, there's a handful of teams and players that are really being linked together. Like, there's a real good chance this happens. I just want to buzz through a couple of those, and I believe them to be true. All right, so the next one there is the seventh pick, and that's the Bucks. I've been saying for a while, I think the best defensive player in this draft is Derwin James. It seems like, you know, one of those worst-kept-secret type of situations, James to the Bucks, and I think that happens. Um, 
here's my only worry, though, and this, you know, this is just from a, a James fan, that if they play a lot of, you know, zone and too high and don't use him all over the field and in a wide variety of ways, not to mention they're pretty set at linebacker, so he wouldn't have to fill that role. I kind of feel like he would be wasted a little bit there. You know, that I want to see him all over the place with a very diverse scheme, rushing off the edge, playing linebacker, man-to-man on backs and tight ends, um, all the above. You know, not really single high, but too high. And I don't know that he would get the opportunity to do all those things if he stayed in Florida with the Bucks. Um. So, where are some other picks where they're really linking player to team? A lot of these mocks and things have Rosen falling to 11. I just don't know how that can happen. And then Miami pouncing on him. And I think they might if he fell all the way to 11. But I got to think there's too many teams, you know, the Cardinals, Bills, that would trade ahead of Miami to get a guy like Rosen. I have a hard time buying that. Another one I'm hearing more of is Van Der Esch to the Niners or more likely the Niners taking a linebacker at 12, Edmonds, Smith, who I don't think will be there, and even Van Der Esch going that high. I know there is some concerns medically with him, but from what I understand, they're not massive. Speaking of massive, this one's another one of those worst kept secrets, but I think Vita Vea will be the Redskins pick at 13. Um, I absolutely think that'll be the case. Um, uh, Now I look through the rest of the draft. I still think the Ravens will be very much in the Ridley market. 16, Bama guy. I've also told you guys for a while, I think that could be Lamar Jackson land. I mean, I think that's about where Lamar Jackson starts to factor in. And I think Ozzie would love him. And a very different move away from Flacco, much needed. I think that's a distinct possibility as well. Um, Another thing you're hearing a lot of is Seattle at 18. They're short on picks. They need a lot. That they could be a trade-out type of team, you know, trade-back. And I would think that it's a very possible landing spot for Lamar Jackson too. Like, it would not shock me at all if Lamar Jackson ends up being the 18th pick overall in a pick that was once held by Seattle. You know, maybe some of those early second teams could give you, you know, Denver or one of those teams that that doesn't take a quarterback gives you that early second and future picks or something to move back in the first round and go get the guy, you know, while they already had Quentin Nelson in the bag. Speaking of Seattle, Pete Carroll said today, Colin Kaepernick could be in the mix. That's so long overdue. I hope so. That would be a great fit for him. I've been saying that for years. Baltimore's the other one I thought absolutely should have done that. But just on a little Seahawk note while I'm sc- scrolling through the draft order here. Uh, the Cowboys at 19, I've been told that they really, really like Van Der Esch. Like that's about as low as Van Der Esch could fall. Um, but I think that they probably, when it's all said and done, End up with DJ Moore, the wide receiver from Maryland at 19. And I got no qualms with that at all. Um, might be a little early for him, but it's a massive, massive need. Um, and a couple other little notes here. I think the Saints could be in play for Lamar Jackson. I think the Steelers could. I think New England could. But I don't think he get. I'm not sure that he can get to 27, 28, 
31. That's a little late, you know, I think for me. Um, one other note, Darius Geis, several people have told me that, not that he's a criminal or anything like that, but there are some concerns with his personality. So if he happens to fall a little on draft day, or if Michelle or Chubb or both happen to go ahead of him, that might be why, you know, that he can rub people kind of the wrong way. So that's it. I mean, there's a bunch of things, a bunch of couple 30-second notes, you know, for all of us to catch up with what's going on around the league. It is very much a downtime. Um, I don't know that I'll do a show Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I probably will do a show over the weekend, at least one, maybe two, for draft recap and lots of draft recap. Um, maybe we should do a Twitter Tuesday tomorrow just so we can get all your guys' questions out of the way before the first round of the draft. And maybe there's some things that you've listened to today that, hey, I got a question about that. And tomorrow would be a good day to firm all those up as we head into draft day eve on Wednesday. Um, but over and out. All right. Check out williamsonfootball.com. Please. Please, please.